Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you happen to be watching or listening to us in the great wide world brought together by the internet. Last three guys to do a podcast are here for another go around talking about Atlanta sports and sports in general. Of course, another NFL Sunday and another, yet another Atlanta Falcon. Well, I think Dan, I think I know why Daniel's bald. Let's put it that way. Um, his hair's been all torn out because of it, because of what the Falcons have done. Although interesting today in their twenty-eight to sixteen loss to the um, Tennessee t- twenty-three loss. You're right, twenty-eight twenty-three loss to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they actually pulled the plug on Desmond Ritter after another inconsistent first half. He only had one fumble, but but he was. Under pressure, I think he was sacked five times in that first half. Could not get the offense into a, a rhythm. And in the second half, Arthur Smith elected to bring in Taylor Heineke. And what did the former Collins Hill, by way of Old Dominion grad, do? He led the Falcons on three scoring drives, two Wong uh, Q field goals, and a touchdown run by Bijan Robinson, his first touchdown rush on the season. Certainly breathe new life into this team. Uh, the wrinkle is during halftime, it was revealed that Desmond Ritter went into the tent for concussion protocol. However, he passed it. But when asked about it, Arthur Smith basically gave coach speak and said, well, he didn't look right to us, which begged the question, well, if he passed concussion protocol, I mean, do you know something that the doctors don't, and then, like I said, it's coach speak because obviously Arthur did not want to say what he was, what everyone else was thinking, and say, well, you know, Desmond was really, st- really stunk up the joint, and I'm going to say this because I don't want to damage his confidence any more than it already is by saying that he stunk. Oh, by the way, he stunk, and that's why we made the change. It'll be interesting to see if. Taylor will be under center this Sunday at home against the Minnesota Vikings who are going through some quarterback difficulties of their own. Although the Falcons did have a chance to mount a late drive to try and win the ballgame. Van Jefferson, the uh, free agents, the signee, or I'm sorry, the trade uh, that brought him in this weekend, he had alligator arms and dropped Des- and drop the pass from Heineke on fourth and short. Certainly a gutsy call, but again, you have one minute left. You have no timeouts. You're way deep on the other end of the field for the Tennessee Titans, and you just missed the ball, and all Tennessee has to do for 130 is sit on it, take the knee four straight times, which they do, and they get out with that 28-23 victory. Falcons did get a turnover as Malik Willis in his first action. First thing he does is, well, he drops the ball and the Falcons recover it. But instead of generating a touchdown, they generate another field goal. So again, guys, you cannot win games when all you're doing is getting field goals. Another interesting note for the Titans, well, two of them anyway. One is that Will Levis started the game. This is his first start. He didn't didn't see much action in the preseason because he was injured. And he and Malik Willis are just kind of being the co-clipboard uh, holders for Ryan Tannehill, but he was uh, unavailable due to injury. So Willis and Levis will uh, came in. And Willis's first play, well, again, that was the fumbles. And all Levis does is throw to DeAndre Hopkins for three, three, for three touchdowns. 
and give them the lead. In fact, it was so um, it was so prevalent that whenever Willis came in following that botched snap fumble, wow. even though that was really a center's fault, the fans booed him. They booed him as he came out to play because they wanted Will Levis because, you know, Levis was leading the team. And one other point is that the Titans had their throwback Oiler jerseys on. So uh, celebrating the Houston Oilers, um, which is what this the franchise came through. And, uh, well, there's one other thing, but I'll get to that at the end. Uh, so, guys, it was a... Tale of two halves for the Falcons. Um, they Taylor Heineke, the veteran, certainly put a spark under them. But it just seems like um, Arthur Smith did his best not to throw Desmond Ritter uh, too much under the bus, at least not publicly. But I think privately we know we know that's what his thinking was, and he's going to have a very interesting week in terms of keeping his rookies' confidence going but still putting the Falcons in the best chance to win football games. And right now, given the sorry state of the NFC South, it looks like Taylor Heineke is probably the best option going forward. I'm going to tell you all of you. I'm going to tell you all of you. All right. Granted, the score overall was 23-28. Right? Not in the Falcons' favor. But... On the underlying, the score was 20 to 3. Taylor Haneke, Desmond Ritter. Meaning, when Desmond Ritter was playing with the same wide receiver core against the same defense, was sacked five times for a loss of 36 yards versus Desmond Ritter's one time for the second half for a loss of eight yards. While Desmond Ritter was in the game, the Falcons only put up three points, no touchdowns. Taylor Haneke comes in, second half. Puts up 20 points. And it's same amount of time, just about. So, it seems to me that, to, I mean, I have eyes, and I don't make millions of dollars. And I'm, I was, as you know, everybody knows, you know, I'm not granted the Texas, I might have said ever, but I guess Heineken should be the smoother choice, at least for, for the force. Right, right. And the thing of it is, though, uh, I think Drake London didn't play the entire second half. I don't know if he was hurt, but um, and that kind of also goes with what Leon was saying, I think. And also, Grady Jarrett, he did not play almost the whole game. He's got an injury, and, they, and they're not sure about his status next week home against Minnesota. Um, so a lot of injuries there. But the Falcon defense, again, looked really good. Uh, well, in sparks, in parts, it looked really good. However, Will Levis, I mean, this guy, usually a rookie quarterback in his first game, he threw for four touchdown passes, and he became the second person ever to do so in his first game. And the first person to do it was a fellow Tennessee Titan, Marcus Mariota, back in his first game in 2014. But really, I mean, if you go after DeAndre Hopkins, that is a pretty good recipe for success. Hopkins with 
three touchdowns today. I I can't remember if he had the fourth one or not. I don't think he did. No, he had three. Yeah, he had three. But still, it was his first touchdowns in nine games. Yeah. So the Titans, they kind of got away from that a little bit. Uh, Derrick Henry ran the ball pretty well. Uh, but you, you got to remember, you got to remember who, who uh, DeAndre Hopkins is. And Will Levis, he remembered. Yeah. Um, back to Leon's point, and I knew what point he was making. Um, mind you, I've been saying this since week, what, four? Yeah. This, that second that loss. It was time to pull the plug on Desmond Ritter before things got out of hand. And you look at it, and when you look at Taylor Heineke, he comes in, he protected well. When he was under duress at times, he was able to move out of the pocket, and he was able to create seven- and eight-yard games. He held on to the football. You know, it, that was the, that's the thing that's been hurting Desmond Ritter. He leads the league in giveaways. Coming into that game, he had 11 giveaways. And that was the most in the NFL. And he had seven over the last three weeks. Yeah. But he's the second leading passer. He's the second leading passer over the last three three weeks. Second only to Patrick Mahomes. But you're only one and two in those games. Right. And, And turnovers right now, the way that's looking is that turnovers are actually a little bit more costly than the touchdowns are leading you the way, or passing yards leading you the way, because you're not getting any points. You only get field goals out of it. And that's what's been the issue with Desmond Ritter, and that's why I think he needs to sit it down, because Heineke, you can clearly tell, just like Leon mentioned, 20 points when Heineke was in there, only three for Ritter. Okay? You, at some point of time, Austin Smith has to tuck his tail between his legs and say, hey, this is the guy who gives us a shot. And I've been hearing, and I, I, I've heard, uh, I think it was on uh, the Falcons' website on ESPN, that Austin Smith is going back to Ritter next week. Okay. Now, yes, granted, I think we, we own the tiebreaker in first place with the Saints. Um, of course, Tampa lost again. So that was that. Congratulations to Carolina for getting that first win. We weren't worried about that right now. But still, you still have teams on your back. And, yeah, you're still in a playoff position even if you don't win the South. But you still want that home playoff game. You still want to be able to give yourself an opportunity and a chance. And I know we're just eight weeks into the season, but every game in this league counts. Okay? There's only 16 to 17 games left. And when you start looking up in, in, in next week, you're going to look up as week 14. That's how fast the league goes by. That's how fast the season goes by. Um, I, I'm not going to put all of this on Arthur Smith today. I'm not going to put all of this on Desmond Ritter today because of the fact that the, um, uh, Ritter had to go out because on the concussion protocol. So, okay, he's going to get a pass for this. Arthur Smith made the change, made the switch to go check on Ritter and say, hey, we're just going to keep Heineken in. Um, part of this goes to the defense. They gave up four touchdowns, three of them to Hopkins. Now, one, that very first one, it should have been an OPI call. It should have been an offensive pass interference called on Hopkins because he actually twisted Sorrell out and forced him out of bounds. That should have been pass interference. 
Um, just too many long plays that they gave up for touchdowns. Made Will Levis look like he was the next first pro. And so it's the first time we can actually say that about this defense this year, and I'm okay with that. Um, injuries, too. Brady Jarrett got hurt, didn't come back to the game. Hopefully his knee is okay. And, of course, we lost Drake London. I think London had a concussion as well. So a, a lot of those things play a big-time factor. But, man, you got to give credit where credit is due. Tyler Heine, Taylor Heineke came in there and he made it look he made it look easy. And it changed everything. It changed the dynamics of everything. So yeah, we're sitting at four and four. We're still in first place. But again, um and Van Jefferson, the, the the whole the whole thing about Van was that fourth and one, you're looking upfield. You didn't bring the ball in. And Drake London actually had a groin injury. I'm sorry about that, but uh, um, it could have just flashed up on on the injury report. I'm looking at red zone. So uh, what he did was he looks upfield before he brings the ball in, and you know, of course, you know his dad is going to give him strikes about that. His dad is Sean Jefferson. He played for Leon's Chargers. Yes. So he's going to give him. He's probably going to give him strikes about that. So uh, all in all. Uh, of course, if I had to give a grade, it would probably be a, 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 a D plus. You lost. <laughs> you lost. I can't give you any. I can't give you a C performance, and especially from the eye test and what I've seen, because there were no parts in that game where I thought I was going to win it. So I can't give them anything above a D. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Of course. That's true. I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> it's not looking good right now. I'm not at all. So, you know, there's a silver line. Well, you got a very winnable Brady game tonight with the Bears. Yeah, I hope so. Because, you know, it's probably one of the games they put a Falcons who are playing against a 2-4 team. That's another thing. Remember, the Falcons uh, only have two more games with against teams with winning, well, winning records, both 500. Falcons have the easiest schedule uh, coming down the stretch of anybody. And that's what. Yeah, Panthers got a W today. Yeah, got a w today. So there is no winless teams. No longer any winless teams in the NFL. And we all know that the that everyone picked up a dub an L pretty uh pretty much later on uh, already already got an already got a uh, everybody already got an L when the Eagles and the Niners went down a couple weeks ago. So fine. So we're not gonna have not gonna have any teams with zeros this season. You know, there's there's a certain crisis going on right right now, and uh, that I'm witnessing as we speak, and that's in San Francisco. I mean, these gentlemen they start off flying so high, and now it's like as high as they're flying is now turned to a nosedive. Right, and on the flip side of that, Cincinnati started off in panic mode. Now they're you know they're 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 ascending upwards, and they're looking like they're going on to a 4-3 record. Um, San Francisco will be 5-3 with the, the next four minutes. Yeah. Um, some people might attribute that to, you know, no Debo Samuels, no Christian McCaffrey, or just saying that Brock Purdy is getting exposed. 
Well, again, to your point, now there's film on Brock Purdy. And teams have figured out ways to uh, to attack him. And they're, and they're starting to get to him. And it's not just that. I mean, that they figured out that if you give Brock Purdy more weapons outside of Christian McCaffrey, then they're going to win games. And he does have those. But if you neutralize George Kittle, Brandon Ayu, uh, Debo Samuel, who's been really quiet this year, and and just let McCaffrey beat you, then that's what's going to happen. McCaffrey is going to get his regardless, but if you just neutralize that. But that's not what's concerning to me, the offense. It's the defense. I, I sat here and watched a little bit of them today and just was like, hmm. They don't look like they have that same tenacity like they be used to, like we're used to seeing, especially in the first five games. It was like when they picked up that first loss at Cleveland, they just haven't been able to get it right. And, you know, again, well, they're, they're down 24-17, but you, you got Cincinnati moving. And this is at home. But mind you, I've, I've said this before. Remember, Cincinnati, they're dead last in their division. Everybody is like, man, what's going on with the Bengals? They won this division two years in a row. But remember how they won this division two years in a row. The same product, same ingredients. You know what? We're going to take a nap here for a second, but we'll be right back. We're going to take a 30-second or a minute commercial break. We'll be right back after these messages. And that's what's about to get ready to happen with the Bengals. I think... And I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think the Bengals win the division for the third straight oh. year. Wow. And, yes, and because of this victory. This victory has given them, oh, if they if they can get out of here, if they get out of here with this victory in AHK, they're winning the division. You don't, you don't think Baltimore? I have to make bold predictions. Right. <laughs> you don't think Baltimore's got it, huh? I think they have it. I don't think that they're going to be better than Cincinnati. They'll be in the playoffs. Baltimore definitely will be there. I like what they've done with Lamar Jackson and, and how they've changed him from a running quarterback to a quarterback that can run. That's what needed to happen with him. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, but, again, it's going to depend on who's healthy and who's not. You know, and that's going to be the toll on it. But to take the injury part out, I just think that Cincinnati just needed a game like this to get them rolling. Well, you know, also being considered, Daniel, I had a podcast in ATC already. So, mm. so you know, probably about <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might have a podcast to the AFC North. I might. <laughs> the Boston are about to win right now. They're about to be 66. They're, they're running away. Now, Pittsburgh did lose today. They lost against the Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, Jacksonville. Uh, still, yeah, yeah, they lost. Yeah, um, and, you know, Indianapolis, you know, but I, I think that, that, that I think the AFC, the AFC, um, that the AFC East, well, I don't think the AFC North, AFC North is, I believe, is the best division in football right now, and quite possibly, all teams may may be represented. Right. In the playoffs, possibly. We haven't seen anything like that in the NFC South. About, about, what was that, 2014? 
But yeah, yeah that, that's a tall order. Because Cleveland is Cleveland. They they just went down. They're um they have the um they're down right now to Seattle. With they were in route to win today, but things have changed. But they're looking okay. You know, they're they, they're looking somewhat spicy. They're gonna be they're, they're, they might be a four and three by within the next four seconds. Yeah, Geno Smith threw for a touchdown pass to him. Mm-hmm. Which made that score 24 20 uh, Seattle. And, you know, that's right. And, under, and let's, let's give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt because they're playing with the tackle quarterback, TJ Walker, today. Deshaun Watson is still um, dealing with that nagging shoulder injury. So we'll see how things materialize with them in the upcoming weeks. But upset meter on today. Well, that would have to be Denver, Kansas City. In the snow at Mile High. What in the whole heck is going on? It, it, I, I, I thought that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and the crew were impervious to anything. I don't. Is Taylor Swift there? Because I think they're. Because if no, she don't go. Okay, well, that, that, see, that's the key. If Taylor Swift is there, they're invincible. If she's not there, they're mortal. See, they need and, and to. Mind you, it's, and um, to your point, John, about the snow, it actually was clear today. It looked okay. like it. They, they, they had a couple of inches of snow, but it looked like it was good enough for them to play. Yeah. They just did not show up today. They, they just simply just did not want to play. Um, Mahomes wants to play every day, but it, it's like he just, he just couldn't hit the target for some reason. It's the National Football League. And remember, they're they're hitting the road. They're going to uh, Frankfurt, Germany for next week's game against Miami. Against the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah, so this could have been a trap game for them where they overlooked uh, Denver, a far, a far more opponent that they're more inferior. Yeah. They're more inferior, but they just overlooked them. And then, it, and then you got a confident Denver team who's up and down. This is the same Denver team that gave up 70 points mm-hmm. to Miami. Okay, so they're looking for something else. And it's crazy because I have Patrick Mahomes on my fantasy league, on my fantasy team. Oh, boy. And I got two for as well. Oh. And then I had to look at myself and say, man, you know, at the last minute, I changed him out. Uh-huh. Usually I would start Mahomes against Denver. But I said, you know what? Something ain't right today. I, I, I And I changed out uh, Mahomes for um, – I'm sorry, I, changed, I, I put Mahomes on the bench and... You started Tua. Started, uh, Tua. Yeah. yeah. That was a smart move. And how did... And hold on, how did that work for me? I will tell you in a second. Tua got me 21 points. Mahomes, seven. Wow. That worked out great for me. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it worked it out. Listen to your gut. Well, yeah. you, well, you yeah. gamble all that. Well, you you're our resident gambler because every because t- uh, I mean, yeah. I mean you I, every time you know it's always you and the wife hitting a casino somewhere, um, either uh, in Ch- next month, man. yeah, Harris, Harris and Cherokee, Wind Creek. So yeah, yeah. So, okay, yep. okay, but yeah, I think I think with that Kansas City game, like I said, um. No Taylor Swift and a trip to Frank and a trip to Frankfurt, Germany looming. I think that's probably why they're giving maybe less than a total effort against the Denver Broncos. I don't get that. Well, for the 
the record, I'll be rooting. I'll be the biggest Miami Dolphins fan next week. Yep. We know. Yep. Go, go team. <laughs> I mean, I need, I need, I need, I'm going to need um, Tariq Hill to be the fastest player to 1,100 yards in eight games next week. Mm-hmm. I need, I need, I need for the Denver Broncos, I need, I need for the Denver Broncos to, to keep their foot on the pedal and finish their meal. And I'm going to need the Miami Dolphins to study what everything that the Dolphins did right and Kansas City did wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not hating. No, you're I'm not. Hating. I'm just being I'm just exercising strategy. That's smart. But agree. Yeah. So going forward, speaking of the Miami Dolphins, it, by I think by a long shot, they have the most exciting offense this year. Um, boasting a seventy point blowout of the Denver Broncos. And I believe that they're averaging the most yards per game that we've seen in some time. Do you guys predict that they'll go the way of most Dan Marino-led teams? Because, you know, Dan Marino has a higher flying offense and like that, but unfortunately, you know, it was they, 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 get, they get stifled by a great defensive front four. Oftentimes, that's happening to Dan Marino's offense. Right. We've seen it happen to the New England Patriots in 2000. And was it 2000? What, what year did they go undefeated? 17. 2007. 2007? 2007? 2007? Yeah. That was. Yeah. And you had the front four of the New York Giants come through and just tear that up. So, and when you look at the Miami Dolphins, their running game, we don't really know too much about their running back. How far do you believe that this guy can get that this type of offense can actually carry it to you? you know? Give or take. Well, what what do we always say in this league? In this league, and yes, even though it's a pass-happy league, but that's only through the regular season. In the postseason, you're going to have to be able to run the football and protect the football and play great defense. Force turnovers, make big plays. Mm-hmm. And, and your special teams is very important there. The Dolphins, no doubt in my mind, that they can play offense. But what happens when the game slows down? It's just like in the NBA. But what happens when the game slows down? When the game slows down, are we going to be able to uh, – are they going to be able to do whatever they need to do, right? Right. And I just don't know if they'll be able to do that because defensively they haven't really been all that great, you know. Um, but how can you expect them to be? You, you're expecting them to to kind of match what the offense is doing because the offense is so head above water. The offense is not going to be able to score forty something points. We saw that when they went to Buffalo. But think about it this way: they are a team that plays in hot weather. Okay, all year long, the, the lowest it might drop is 71 or 72, okay, during December. But even then, it don't even drop there. Because I've been to Miami in, in, in uh, October and November, and it's hot, okay? So, but when you have to go on the road 
okay? Because if uh, unless you're the number one seed, then it's not gonna matter. You, you know, you you playing at home. Yeah. But if you're the number three seed, you know you're gonna have to go on the road against somebody like Kansas City, where it's cold, or somewhere like Baltimore, where it's cold. Somewhere like Cincinnati, where it's cold, you're gonna go somewhere where running the football is going to be something for you. And we saw that. I mean, historians will tell you that you go back to the, I think it was the 81 playoffs, the 81 AFC championship, the Chargers and the Bengals, okay? It was the coldest AFC championship to date. I think it was like negative five degrees or something like that. Where the wind is blowing. And we were uh, they were playing at Christmas Stadium then. Yeah, they were playing. Dan Fouts was the quarterback and Air Coriel was was at their best at that time. But it was so cold, they couldn't really get the offense going. You know? The Bengals went to the Super Bowl that year, but unfortunately they met uh, uh, Mr. Joe Montana, probably the greatest quarterback in history. So, again, it's that that's one of the biggest factors, the cold weather. And if you can't combat that, and I'm not saying that Miami's been dynamic all season long, guys. That's just yeah. real. But you have to be able to run that football. And they can run the football, but can you run the football and can you play great defense? You have to play championship caliber defense. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. When we see several, you know, high-flying teams, you know, and being a charter fan, I know all about this. Offense looks great in the regular season. You're flying high. You're putting up points. You're scoring on almost every possession. But as you're doing this, teams are just compiling tape. They're just getting tape. As a Atlanta Falcons team, as a Atlanta Falcons fan, during the Michael Vick era, Great looking offense. Right. Exciting. They're just getting tape on you. They're just figuring out the pattern. And then the playoffs happen. And it all gets and everything gets exposed. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my only concern with Miami. We, 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 it's not just in it's not just in football, but we see it in basketball back in LeBron James um early days with Sydney Cavaliers. They're winning six games a year. Yep. They get to the playoffs, they get shut down every player around the box. Now he got to play by himself. Right. It happens. But, you know, that, that that's, my, that's my only concern. In reference to Miami, other than that, I think that Miami, they're the easy pick to go the deepest in the playoffs. I, I, I like Kansas City, even though they're in, even though they are the stuffy team and they're in my division, and, you know, they lost today against the worst team in the division. But I think long, I think that they, they have a, a, a pretty much an established reputation for getting it done when the moment means the most and when the lights are the brightest. We haven't seen that out of Miami yet. We, we, we don't know anything really about Miami as of yet. One point. One point I want to make, John. Okay. Um, Jalen Ramsey returned. Yep. So that's a big-time return. For the Dolphins, then he got an interception in his return. He was out with an injury. Uh, so that is huge for Miami. He, he is going to be needed 
with with him and uh, that other kid that's on the other side, Xavier uh, Howard, one of the best uh, uh, cornerbacks in football, ball hawk defender. You got those two on that side, man. It, it, look, Miami could do some things, especially they'll be fine in that secondary. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Their 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 identity. Those are the true facts. Well, their their identity is offense. That, that that's the face of the the face of their you know of who of who they are as offense. Correct. But but their defense, as you just said, Daniel is legit. They just don't get enough credit. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they do. That's my that, 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 that's my POV on that. Um. We have a. I think the big. Disappointment this year. We got to go back to the Patriots. Are, are they going to get it together? If they, well, this are is they the stretch. Are they over under six games winning this year? Well, this is where this is the stretch. Now it's it's got some winnable games coming up. Washington next week, then a uh, another game in Frankfurt, Germany. This time against Indianapolis. So two teams with identical three and five records, still better than what New England is, two and six. But you know, still you would think that the Patriots would have a shot in these two. And it looks like, well, that game is over between the between the Bengals and the Niners. They tried to uh, get a garbage touchdown at the end, but was run out of bounds. At oh, wait a minute, there's a penalty, and it's against San Francisco. So that. Penalty decline it, game over. So so yeah, this is this is the this is the time where New England's gotta make a move. They've got some they've got some good games coming up. They're done with Miami. They still have one more game with Buffalo, and they'll still have one more game with the Jets. And I still and they have the Giants. They have the Giants left as well. So they are definitely in a stretch of games where you would think they could get some W's and maybe make a charge. At that six win, what would you call it? Six win floor, six win ceiling that Leon mentioned. When when you're two and six, and this year, and you're in New England, or you're the Chargers, or you're the Houston Texans, no game is winnable. Right. <laughs> you just you just don't know when you're the Bears, when you're the Packers right now. In their present incarnation, mm-hmm. no games won. If you're the coach, no games as well. It, 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 you're literally living day by day. When you're right. the Carolina Panthers, when you're the Washington Commanders, it's like pretty much at this time of the year, you know, so why everybody like two and three, three and three? This during this time of the year, during this is probably we're about the mid season coming up. Yep. This is when everybody. This is when the separation begins. You know, pretty much what's going to be tight, what's going to be not. The Jacksonville Jaguars are six and two. They're six and two right now. They, they well, we knew what they were going to be. Yeah, we knew what that was going to be. Yeah, they knew they had a good defense. Trevor Lawrence got to seem to yeah. ha- got it. Is handling his offense pretty well. And the rest of that division isn't good. Um, the Titans are the Titans got a big W, so they're still in the thick of it. But the Colt, 
But the Colts and the Texans breaking in a new quarterback, you know, it's just a – although the Texans are three and four. Um, but, you know, it's just a, it's just a pretty much the best out of a not very good division, kind of like the NFC South. I mean, we talk about quarterback, um, you know, prayers going up for Kirk Cousins. Right. Uh, the Vikings just took a huge loss today. They're thinking it's an, it's, it's an Achilles tear. They're, they're not going to confirm it, I believe, until tomorrow morning when he gets his uh, MRI done. Guys, we're seeing this, this injury happen too much too often. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's become the new ACL injury, right? Remember. You tore an ACL, that was it for you. Now it's the Achilles injury, and we're seeing it so many times, and we see it happen to so many good players. And now this is just going to alter what's already been a mediocre yet less uh, underachieving season for the Minnesota Vikings, who I didn't realize this just picked up their first uh, rushing touchdown this season. And so, yeah, it's just – one of those things. And the thing is, is that we see Minnesota next week. Okay? Yes. And does that even matter that Kirk Cousins is out? But Will Levis just threw four touchdown passes against us. Right. So go figure. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a matter of us showing up and showing out. But, you know, Kirk Cousins, that's just a bad that's just a bad look um, for us. Um, I'm sorry, bad look for the Vikings. And then you don't have Justin Jefferson. So you you lose a top, you lose a top receiver and you lose a, or your franchise quarterback. So, um, tough thing for the Vikings and the Vikings defense has not really been good. So right now they're in shambles at this point in time. This is a game where you have to, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, look, you feel sorry for the opposing opponent, but you have to go and get that game. It's in Atlanta. There's no excuses. Next week they will probably be a touchdown favorite. They have to go and get that game. No excuses. Right. Right, they got. I mean, without Kirk Cousins and with the training deadline coming up in two days, uh, think any other think any big names will be on the move. Either either DeAndre Hopkins is DeAndre Hopkins is, has has been a name that came up for several days. And yep. yeah, and his performance today certainly uh, burnishes his resume for some first allegedly, somebody looking. Allegedly, Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. That'll be a good move. That'll be a good move for Cleveland to, to help post them up. I mean, they have a pretty decent receiving core out over there already, but you know, to add D Hop to a guy who already knows him, yeah, it'll it'll be a great thing. But they gotta get Watson healthy though. They they gotta get him healthy. Uh check on that shoulder, make sure that shoulder is fine um with him. John, you mentioned names that could be on the move. Of course they said Derrick Henry would be on the move, but um they're listening to offers, but they're probably not going to entertain anything in terms of Derrick Henry. Um, Daniel Hunter, pass rusher for the Minnesota Vikings. His name has came up as well in terms of uh, wanting the trade. Um, a lot of my friends and a lot of people that I'm seeing on, on Facebook and in the Falcons uh, uh, groups are saying, hey, why don't you trade for him? I don't – I mean, that would be a great look for us, but I don't think that that defensive line 
is bad. I, I think we're doing okay. I think we're fine. So, uh, but Hunter's name come up. We can add that extra body on the defensive line and so be it. I don't think it's a, a necessity. Um, but yeah, I, uh, those are the really the only names. I, I think there are other names, but I'm not necessarily sure who else will be coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Well, as far as my team, we need to make a move for DeAndre Hopkins because right now, Mike will be an hour Yeah, he's out for the year. We're we're sitting here, you know, we're sitting looking real uh, like the other girl at the ball at two and four, arguably the second most disappointing team in the league right now because we were supposed to make that 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 step to back to back playoff appearances and that. From where it stands right now, it looks like it may not happen. The Denver Broncos, the lowly Denver Broncos, have moved up ahead of us in the standings with this win that they had today against the Dallas really? Cowboys. Yes, wow. the Denver so Broncos are three and five. The Chargers are two and four. Really need that win today against the Bears at home on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, major. Yeah, so major. well, hopefully the Chargers can come through. Um, here on the last three guys do a podcast. John Morgan with Daniel and Leon. Uh, let's talk about University of Michigan. What's going on up at the big house? Uh, one of their, I guess he's a student intern or a low-level man, staff in the de- staff in the department with the uh, wonderful James Bondian nickname of Connor Stallions. Apparently this gentleman has been paid by the University of Michigan to go to fellow Big Ten games and videotape the sidelines trying to decipher the coaching signals and use this to pretty much figure out what play is coming um, when they play the different teams. He's also rumored to have done this to certain FCS teams that that they may play uh, in a potential championship game. Obviously, it didn't work against TCU, but... If this is a scandal, do you think this is a scandal? And how should Jim Harbaugh be punished if indeed they decide to punish Mr. Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh again? <laughs> yes. Leon is bringing together the usual suspects. Right. <laughs> yeah. This man got, now I think, you know, what the question is, will they retain him after this? Because he does win. Yeah, he does win. He gets you Big Ten. Te- he does get you Big Ten championships. And winning keeps bucks in the seats. Right. But here, here's my thing. Don't you know enough? If you're at this level, don't you know enough to change your signs every week? I mean, if, 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 if you're an assistant coach, don't you change your signals? But to use the same signals to mean the same things, I, yeah, I get it. It'd be... It's good for you, but with everything being videotaped, don't you think you would a coach would say, "All right, we got at least change something." But now they may have to do that. So it's funny you bring that up. It's funny you bring that up, John. Last night I was over my brother-in-law's house. Uh, and shout out to Mel Guyford. Uh, you know he listens to us. Uh, yep, he does. Yeah. He's- one of our listeners, and we also have some some more listeners. My man Jared Swan, he was listening. The guys over at the mailroom at GSU, they list their big time listeners as well. So cool. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate get that. Into this. Um, first off, 
Michigan and the, when the college football playoff uh, rankings come out, Michigan will probably be in that playoff position. And I'm not talking about five and six. They'll probably be between one and four. Yeah. Um, people will regard them as the best team in college football. Others will say they might be the second or third best team because of their week of a non-conference schedule. But regardless of that, they have not had they have not been challenged all season long. That being said, of course, this comes up, right? This this scandal of of stealing signs or whatnot. And I, I brought this up last night uh, over at my brother-in-law's house. He was watching the Georgia game. The big time Georgia Bulldogs fans. My nephew was over there. Uh, Alex was over there, and um, and uh, there, there was an, uh, another cat that I had met that was over there as well. They were both former baseball coaches, like. Little league baseball coaches, and and I prompt the question: Isn't it easier to steal signs in baseball than it is football? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, it is." Yeah. It is. And the thing about it is because of the fact that you're going to go and steal a steal whatever the signals and all of that. But do you know they change that up every single week, and then? And then what if something happens? What did Mike Tyson always say? Everybody has a plan instead of getting knocked out or getting knocked down. Uh, punched right? in the mouth. Punched in the mouth. Whatever. Yeah. The whole point is that you make in-game adjustments as things go by. So you're going to have so many X amount of signals that, are, that you're going to be using and plugging in your quarterback. It, you know, it, there's different audibles and different types. You heard all the audibles today. Vegas, Vegas. That means, what does that mean? Hey, you might be going to the left. You might run this football to the left, Derek. Mm-hmm. Right? So it, it, it's so many different moving particles that are going on during end game. And you're trying to get an edge by going to still a sign or two. Listen, if this is true, and, and the NCAA does their investigation, and they get people involved, like uh, I've heard that the FBI might get involved in this. You you get involved in this. This is a huge, huge deal. So this might be probably, and I could be wrong about this, gentlemen, but this probably could be as bad as uh, the Chris Weber scandal. Oh! Man, it just, it just, Michigan just can't get the break. Man, they just can't do it. And this, this could be just as bad, even though I didn't think in terms of what was going on with that, that you're dealing with broke college students, okay, that are getting exploited by, you know, other uh, marketing companies, and they're not getting paid for it, mm-hmm. you know? And that's another story that, that Neil and the NIL stuff. That's another story. We talked about that too. Yeah. But the the thing is, is that what do you do if the if if the the Federal Bureau of Investigation is involved in this, then they can pull the plug on Michigan season and by saying, Okay, y'all can win these games, but it ain't gonna even matter. Y'all will not go to a bowl game this year. And what can you say about that? A great season is about to go down the drain because y'all are not confident in your players, in your play calling. And will this affect Jim Arbaugh? Uh, Jim Arbaugh? 
it could, Leon. Right. It really could. It, this this could hurt him um, in ways imaginable. I think that if if the investigation is just looming, especially in the off season, I think he leaves on his own and is not by force. And goes to the NFL. Yes. And he and he he's been in the NFL. We we've seen what he did with the 49 that's the 49 for Super Bowl. So we know he can have success in the NFL, but mm-hmm. that's not a problem. And it wasn't just it it wasn't just one ticket. This guy was buying twenty tickets to these games. So if I'm a Michigan booster, I'm thinking to myself, I'm giving you you're not, you got so much money that you can afford to send this kid out and get multiple tickets to all these games. I'm thinking I'm giving you a little too much money. Yep. We're, I'm 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 gonna rein it in just a little bit. You're being too profligate. With my, with my money, I mean we. Can, that's the thing. That's the thing. He's not buying tickets with his own money. He's getting expensed, and that's how they caught it. The, that's how they caught him. They 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 checked his expense. They, Michigan tried to uh, do it in the expense reports. They're like, wait a minute, what the heck is this guy doing? Because remember, Michigan is a well public university. It's a state. Well, it's a state university, so it's going through the uh, what. The Michigan uh, state uh, budget, they're going through the budget, they're looking at them, and they're looking at all these expenses and like they're saying, wait, this doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing this? Why are you buying 20 tickets for the Ohio State Indiana game? I mean, what, I mean, like, why are you doing this? Oh, we're trying to steal some signs. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Okay, you know. It is just so prediction. If this messes up, because you know these bowl games, they get a lot. The schools get a lot of money, right? And he's messing up tens of millions of dollars for the school. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how long these penalties can be incurred for. Okay. So. Chances is, yeah, I think, especially in light of what happened during the summer, which I don't think what happened was a big deal about this summer, but when you come back, it just compounds with this now. Right. Yeah, yeah I don't, I would be shocked if he keeps. Yeah, I would be too. I would be too. Yeah, that, that may just be taxpayer money going to do this. Um, oh, I see what you're saying, yeah, it, know what could he be fired in mid-season he could be he could He's probably coaching i don't think i think fired. he'll i think he'll survive the end of the year i think yeah well the investigation is going to be longer than probably the regular season anyway right that's what they have to cross the keys they have to cross the keys out their eyes they, they have to make sure that they get all the players that are involved in mm-hmm. Yep, and, and you have to do that to a T, and, and then even the Michigan boosters and mm-hmm. the, uh, the administration, they're gonna look at it. even if Harbaugh didn't have anything to do with his guy, somebody underneath them, underneath something had to do with it. And as a head coach, if it was one of the members of the coaching staff, and Harbaugh 
is is the head coach, which means his employees are his co- coaching staff, yep. and he don't know anything about it. The administration is going to look at him and say, "Well, this is under your watch." Yeah, and like I said, it's in the expense account. So they're going to look at him like, "What do you mean you don't know anything about it?" Yeah, exactly. How do you not know anything about it? Oh, they're not hearing that. Yep. So this will be a story we're going to watch, pay attention to for the end of the season. Only got a couple minutes left, so this question goes out to Leon. Uh, Clay, Clay Travis, who will never be accused of being a uh, progressive in terms of relationships between men and women, he put his foot in his mouth this week and issued a challenge for $1 million dollars. He wants a boys' high school state championship champion team to play a match against the Las Vegas Aces, the WNBA champion, to prove that boys are inherently superior to women at basketball and, by extension, sports. Leon, if you are Sherman White, do you take this offer? I'm not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of that because I'm not in favor of that. Against some of these like this. I don't, I, I'm not in favor of um, I'm, I'm very, listen, I'm adamant about that. I don't like what's going on right now with the, with the May and which they're allowing um, biological males to fight against biological females. I don't care if these men are taking female estrogen shots. Whatever. I don't, I'm not in favor of that. Um, I'm not in favor of, because, because what he's doing, what Clay Travis trying to do is trying to humiliate the WBA. Yes. These like, I think there's. I think. Well, I think there's no question he has issues with women, um, because he because he demeans every chance he gets. I mean, I get it. Women's sports isn't for you. I get that, but it might be for other people. If you have a if you're if you have a daughter, then you're paying attention to women's sports, and you want your daughter, to have as many chances open to her. And this, let's put transgender sports aside for just a second. You want your daughter to have as many chances open to her as possible. And if that means professional women's sports, then so be it, professional women's sports. But what he's trying to do is, again, he wants to prove a point that men are physically superior to women in every, in, you know, in most in, well, in athletic contests, whether or not that's a reg- definitely regressive. Sure. Yeah, I get it. You don't want to watch the WNBA? Fine. That's you. I watch the WNBA. You know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bother, it doesn't bother me. And watch, and in the Twitter comments, which was interesting, one gentleman, and I'll use that term loosely, said a 50-year-old pickup team could beat the W, uh, the, the Las Vegas Aces. And I'm thinking to myself, 
No. You're talking, you're, I mean, you're talking, athlete, I mean, yes, they are athletes. Peak conditioning. And they're, they're fast. If you're 50 years old, they're faster than you. They're stronger than you. They're smarter than you. Because, you know, so it, it's, it's just a giant free-for-all all, all the way around. Um, and if a team does take Clay up on this. Now, here's, the, here's, his, here's his terms. If the, w, if the Las Vegas Aces win, they get the million dollars and they can go to whatever charity they, they, they uh, choose. If the boys team wins, their athletic administration gets the million dollars. To show to to uh, spend as as they, as they see fit, but it's it's not a good look for anybody who chooses to go on this thing, and it's not a good look for Clay, especially since we all know what he's trying to do. No, for what? I'm not playing. I'm not showing up for that. I'm not, you know, I'm still, you playing for the point. I'm definitely in the front pocket. And that thing better get, that, that, that thing better get direct deposit to my account. I don't care if it's, if, from the coaches on down to everybody in the fence, he's splitting that. I'm not playing that for somebody, because all, all they want to do is find a way to put inside some of the No, I'm not doing it. Just so, just to prove some type of gender, just so the person has some type of gender issues, some, some body issues. No. It's something that's been bothering me as a Blake, though. You know, this is, and this is, this is a take on, it was a Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith, and they were arguing, of course, between Jordan and LeBron. And, yeah, I mean, I know, I know, I know, we've heard it so many thousands of times. But LeBron James' new name is 40,000, 10,000, 10,000. Okay? We're talking about the first and only player Pretty soon, he's the only person to have 30,000, 10,000, 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists. He will soon be at 40,000 points, 10,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists. No one in history. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a friend of mine, shout out to Ferrari Ziggler. That's the real name, Ferrari Ziggler. You know what I mean? Good, good friend of mine. And him and I were arguing. And he was like, and you know, he went with the Stephen A. C. Party, well, Jordan has six rings. I'm like, okay, because Ferrari is a huge Detroit Pistons fan. Which by default makes him a huge Isaiah Thomas fan. Yeah. All right, okay. If that's the case, I'm a Laker fan, everybody knows. That means Darren Fish is better than Isaiah Thomas. Darren Fish got five rings. But we all know who's the better better point guard in. In the eyes, you can see. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Same thing, who's the better point guard between Darren Fish and, and Gary Payton? You know, and he goes without saying. So I'm saying this whole ring debate, man. When you got forty thousand points, ten thousand rebounds, and ten thousand assists, I believe you have the right to call yourself the chosen one because he's the only one with that with that statistic. The only one, and that's it. And whatever, whatever, whatever governing force there is that governs all existence chose him to have that record. It don't him. Yeah. No one else has that. It kind of is what it is. And I'm a Kobe. I'm a Kobe and Sean Kemp guy. So I'm just not going. That, you know, LeBron does play for my team. Never like that. I like LeBron. 
If I don't own a LeBron jersey, I own a Kobe Bryant, I own a Sean Kim jersey. You know what okay. I'm saying? Right. So Daniel, give me give me one quick sentence on this Clay Travis situation, and then we'll wrap it up. One quick sentence. Um, Clay Travis needs prayer. Okay. Okay, I'll take that. All right, let's uh, wrap it up with a little Pace Academy. Pace loses to Stockbridge, thirty-one to seven. They can still make the playoffs with a victory over Mount Zion of Jonesboro this Friday night, or or if Stockbridge defeats McDonough, both game both options probably will happen, although Stockbridge broke and not Stockbridge, Mount Zion broke a twenty-eight game losing streak with a twelve to seven victory over Woodland of Stockbridge. I've been able to find no reports on that game besides the final score, so I don't know if the Bulldogs got four field goals or if they were able to break the end zone. So it looks as if the the Knights will get that four seed, which means they will have a date with North Oconee Warriors on Saturday, a week from Saturday, in Bogart, Georgia. Daniel and I will be making that trip on a week from Saturday. And we'll also, so again, you can catch us on NFHS Network this Friday night for that matchup with Mount Zion from Walsh Field. 7.30 start. We'll hope to get that W as Pace looks to end the season on a 5-5 five and five record, 4-3 and three in the region. Stockbridge number will be your number one seed. Luella, your number two seed. Lovett will be number three. And Pace needs a victory to clinch that four seed. Thank you so much for listening to us and watching us again. Mash that like and subscribe button. You can catch us on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your favorite podcast. We are there. We are the last three guys to do a podcast. We'll be coming at you next week. Hopefully that will be the week where we have Charmin White joining us as a little preview of the basketball season, which is going to kick off shortly. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to all of it. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. This is John Morgo for Daniel and Leon. Have a good night. Have a good week. We'll see you soon. This has been the last three guys to do a podcast.